Hello world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school. Welcome to the Orange is the New Black Podcast. I'm your host, Ace Boogie, joined by my co-host, Zim. Zim, say what's up. Hello world. We are on a world tour coming to a city near you and sometimes we go back to the natty but regardless you got to be feeling great as a Bengal fan today i hope everybody had a great weekend ace how you feeling this evening i'm feeling good bro like it's it's that stretch where we kind of you ready to get to thanksgiving and get the festivities going but it definitely was a great victory monday because the Bengals, as you guys know by now we're recording this monday night they came out and got the dub, and it was a convincing dub, and that always sets the tone for the week. And then we're it's officially, essentially Squillers Week too at the same time and Thanksgiving. So I'm doing great, bro. How about yourself? I'm doing good, man. Um, really, really, yeah. I'm just excited, man. I, I was watching your show. If you guys don't know, please check out uh, Ace's other show that he's doing, AFC uh, North Talk. Right? I'm saying yes, it correctly. Sir. All right, so AMC North Talk, really good uh, commentary. You get a good point of view from everybody in the North. So I was listening to different, um, you know, different conversations. I'll let you guys know that our opposition really think a little bit highly of themselves, I think. And and I think at times we've been accused of that. But I think coming off a game like that, where you yourself before the game would say the Bengals need to have full quarters, they need to be consistent. I think that was one of the games that I felt like they put it all together. I, I I will say this too: the Steelers game to me too was a it was a pretty complete game, especially from the uh, defensive standpoint. But right. to flash forward to this past Sunday, I thought they had a really good effort every all around the board, and then we just showed we put the NFL on notice that we're going to win different ways. And Joe even said that after the game, it's like if you go into a zone, we'll just run. If you go to man. Pick your poison. <laughs> and I love that post. I posted that on my Twitter just now. I love that post interview. And I just think there is no other team in the AFC North that has that balance, that even has the option of having that balance. Like, not that they haven't put it together. Like, they don't have a Joe Mixon that's running for 100 yards. And if they do, it might be Najee Harris. But but if you do that, right, what are they doing on the other end? You know, like, Ben's not pushing the ball down the field. And I just thought it was a, it was a great performance overall. Um, we can go into this thing. We can go into this this straight up. Um, what do you want to highlight from that that Bengals Vegas game? Uh, before I get into it, your boy Diddy um, said, "How about that guarantee?" <laughs> Hashtag Harry Nuts game. So shout out to Diddy. I might have messaged him and told him seven and four because somebody said something, and I was like, "Yeah, we seven and four. That was, and I was like, "Hold up!" And I think Diddy's taking that as a guarantee. I'm gonna go on record. I don't really do that. I, I, <laughs> I'm gonna go on record and I'm gonna say this is a dub, though. I, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just go ahead and let it fly. Facts, go ahead, Diddy. I just can't see it. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, for this one, my my takeaway from this one is the defense is back. Right? We talked about the defense having a couple of performances. I really feel like their only bad performance per se, really, to me, this is just my opinion. It's really just the Jets game. That was the only time I've seen them really look shook. Other times it's been, I feel like, that they played solid, bounced back in opportunities when the offense didn't cash in or if they turned the ball over. 
it seemed like they kind of got back to that, right? But I think the best part about it was that, and I always say this, Zach makes the best adjustments to me. Like whenever we come out like we did in the first half, it wasn't perfect, right? But there were some issues, like a lot of people were upset with certain play calls, some of the predictability of runs on first down. Um, and then you go out and you get a drive where he essentially like corrects that whole mistake. I think the one play that sticks out to my mind that everybody was talking about at the time was like the reverse run to chase on third and one, right? Um, and but see, that that moment, was, I think Joe audible into that though at the line though. It could have been, it could have been. I haven't watched the film yet, so if that was the case, then I can understand that. But I think the contrast between when you ran that play in the situation, and I think it's situational football, right? Like in that aspect, we were still on our side of the field trying to do that. We felt like some people felt like they possibly could have given the ball to Joe Mixon, right? But Zach comes back with that same play call, right? In a completely different situation when the Bengals offense is cooking, they're unpredictable. And on first down, instead of giving that end around, or, or giving that uh, that right halfback dive or whatever stretch, whatever you want to call it, kind of call it to mixing, he gives it to Uno, and then Uno gets the first down. So the one thing that really stuck out to me was Zach's play calling completely improved along the way, right? He learned from his mistakes. In the second half, you're starting to see Joe Mixon start to open some holes. You start to see the Uno plays. You start to see Joe Burrow go to multiple receivers. I think there were about nine to ten different receivers that were involved in this game. The other thing is I've always I've always kind of given some slack to Drew Sample, right? It's no secret. Shout out to Drew Sample because I definitely <laughs> noticed him in this game with a lot of his blocking. Um, he had some key blocks in this game that sprung some of those mix-in runs. So shout out to him. He also had um, a screenplay as well in that game. And they also went out and made a concerted effort to get Tyler Boyd involved in the game, right? So they did that. And then they did some cool things where they gave Tyler Boyd a reverse. They gave Uno a reverse. They did a lot of motions pre-snap where they really threw the Raiders' defense off balance and they didn't know who was actually getting the ball, right? And then you see Mixon go for 30 carries, do his thing. Defense continues to do their thing. Eli Apple, shout out to him, gets a big interception there. He's taking a lot of criticism. I think unfairly, me and you have talked about that. But the Bengals end up turning up. Like right when it gets to a spot where you're like, okay, one possession game, the Raiders are heating up. Waller is starting to cook. You know, is Carr going to come back? Immediately, Apple takes that, that interception. It literally shifts the entire momentum. The Bengals offense cashes in, and then the next thing you know, it's a sack fumble by Trey Hendrickson, who, by the way, is definitely on the way past double-digit sacks right now with Sam Hubbard, who's on his way, by the way, to a possible 10-sack season. Man. Um, and isn't that a great thing to, you know, like, facts, we, to, facts. to actually hit on your free agent pick? Right. Yeah, for, for us to hit on those guys, Cheeto, we talk about, it was just a complete team effort. There wasn't one guy that you could really give it to. They played as an entire offense, and they went out, took care of business in Vegas, and it's just like, all right, we on to the next. It's time to, the bounce back boys. That's what I'm going to call them, the bounce back boys, is how I was feeling. But, Zim, what were your thoughts just from, from this game? I know I highlighted some of them. Hopefully, like, I left some on there for you to talk about as well as far as this performance in Vegas. Man, for me, it, it it was a it was a plethora of things. Shout out to DJ Mister, always coming through, 
Um, before I get into anything, let me address that. He says, who day all day, every day, especially on Sundays with Trey Wayne's working back on, you see him making an impact and how good has Trey Hendrickson been? Ace just touched on that just a second ago with Trey Hendrickson. For me, you know, I always get this great analogy of uh, Mike Brown takes a lot of heat from people. And a lot of times fans are just sitting at home and saying, why don't we get this guy? Why don't we get this guy? And I just, I just like to keep it simple. I don't think Mike Brown, you know, compared to the Jerry Joneses of the world, they just can't afford to do some of the things that other teams do sometimes. Like the guaranteed money, the escrow account, the 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 money is just not there. It, it, you know, as much as the Bengals are worth, they don't got Jerry Jones money. They don't have Rams money. You know what I'm saying? So when they go out on a limb and go sign somebody, and some people thought they might have overpaid or whatever, like that's a big deal. And they, and they got to hit on them because the Trey Waynes of the world, they didn't hit on them. And for this family, I think people don't take into account or whatever. Like they, you know, the salary cap and all that. I don't want to make it a conversation about that. But the Bengals just ultimately can't afford not to hit on free agents like some of these other franchises. So the, the Hendrickson is great. If Trey Waynes comes back and makes any type of impact, I just think that. We're talking about one of the most stacked secondaries in the National Football League. Trey Flowers, Vernon Hargraves, Eli Apple. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are all first-round pedigree starters, all of these guys. I was telling you that earlier, too, Ace, about the offensive line. We're talking about Deontay Smith as a – you know, like, if Deontay Smith, you do the AFC North, they're about to run out Cedric O'Boyhe. So, fan base, (laughs) these are the guys that – the people that hit me and say, man, if the Bengals could just get their line together, we would be like, let me tell you what we're dealing with. The Titans, who a lot of people have a lot of stock in, they ran out Bobby Hart like a week ago at left tackle, right? Right. We out here with Deontay Smith just sitting. If Deontay Smith went to the Steelers, he would start for like the next eight years. The length, the profile, he would kill, he would eat. You got guys like Xavier Sulafilo, who was a first-round pedigree. He was drafted the very first um, pick in the second round. Working his way back as another depth piece. You got Jackson Carmen, who you drafted in the second round, as another best, uh, depth piece at this guard position. So we talking about offensive line. We got to talk about real expectations and what's really out there. Go look at the Ravens' offensive line. Cedric Oboehe is an option for them. Right. That's how far the Bengals have come in this thing. And people got to wake up and understand, like, the talent is out there now. And, and the AFC has never been open like this. And just think about that, too, right? Like, I know I think Xavier Suofilo is, is on IR right now, but just imagine if we had him. Working his way back, just with like, Craig on the field. Exactly, like the third guy. So, like, now we finally have a line that luckily we have some depth, right? If something happens, if anything happens at right tackle, right, you potentially got Fred Johnson there. Like, there's instances where Fred Johnson isn't even dressing for games. So, the right. depth is, is vastly improved. The depth is there, and, man. The offensive line, like you said, Hakeem Adeniji, according to CFF, had a great game. Jonah and Reef are uh, have been now ranked the eighth uh, tackle tandem in the National Football League. We talking about Quentin Spain, Quentin Spain playing at a Pro Bowl level. Yeah, like this elite line that everybody's like in this witch hunt for, which I do, I do agree. Joe Burrow should never be hit. I'm going to always be the, the biggest proponent. If you go in there and I see Joe getting hit or anything like that, I'm going to be the main one that's saying, like, why they hitting him late? Why they touching him? Like, I don't like that, right? But at the same time, I'm realistic to Joe's game. 
he likes the well, we we made this up on Sunday. He likes the Uchi Wally in the pocket. He will <laughs> improvise. He will move around and he will get busy. And he's telling you like I'm not changing the way I play football. So right. Cincinnati fans gotta understand if this man is telling you I'm a Uchi Wally, I'm a shebang bang every <laughs> Sunday, and it's and it's gonna be like that. If he get hit, like Jimmy Chase said, if he get hit, he gonna get up and it's smoke, and it, and that's the way he playing. Balls to the wall, and that that is how I want it. I, I wish he would take it down. I wish he would slide. I I I, I tweet to him. I talk to his friends. I say, Joe, stop doing all that stuff. He won't stop. He's a cold blooded killer, and we out here, and this is what it is. So don't tell me Joe is getting hit. I'm sorry he's getting hit. The line is improved. I can't I can't make everything happen overnight. But you we got work to do. I was watching the Chargers Center. Lindsey or whatever get his ass right. whoop. Uh, it was. He was getting killed, and that's a dude that said that they said, "Oh, we we should hundred percent go after him or whatever." Like this is a center. I'm I'm checking for the center position the whole game, and Hopkins, meanwhile, is progress every single. It's week. progressing. Hopkins had another bounce back game. Like the line is coming through together, bro. Like now, that's there's way. not really gonna be really any weaknesses on the line, honestly, uh, from a pass passing protection standpoint and a run blocking standpoint. Shout out to my man, John Witt, with the $5 super chat. He says, shout out to Eli Apple and shout out to the interior O-line. Who can stop this offense, though? Nobody. And then Aquila the Great, $2 uh, super chat. We will see. Will we see a midseason too early mock draft? Nah, bro. Mock draft is not on my mind right now whatsoever. Playoffs are on my mind right now. Like, that's I'm what... I'm going to tell you this, though. Sauce. Sauce Gardner. That was, <laughs> hey, but look. The, the, Sauce Gardner. I know that unless the Bengals make a Super Bowl run or something, which I'm not that optimistic, I, I just feel like this is year one. Anything can happen. Anything's possible. Very special team. But the way that the board, I was looking at who they're saying are the best corners and all this stuff, and because Sauce does play for the Bearcats and stuff, he might be middle of the board. You don't know. Like, I just think it, it's so perfect. Like, I watched the interview. I watched a bunch of interviews over him over the weekend. He has the swag of elite corner, and he talked that talk. And on the other side of Wuzi, because this Trey Wayne thing is probably not going to go, you know, you know, after the season. Like, I think they could probably cut ties, like, at that point because of the guaranteed money that's left. It makes it a little bit more manageable for the Bengals. So for me, I always thought they'd probably go corner or edge first round. But Sauce Gardner, Cincinnati Bearcat dude, <laughs> he got the chain already. So you know he's gonna be with the gang. You know he like Sauce Gardner. That's Sauce Gardner. Like, I'm <laughs> waiting for that one. I watched the game. I watched it, bro. Like they don't even throw his way. He's not allowed no touchdowns the whole t- the whole season. Now earlier in the season, they were saying like Sauce Gardner probably go twenty something. Now he's moving up the board. How far he moves up the board, we got to see. We got to see. It all depends. I saw today they had a report that came out that most GMs and execs expect like four quarterbacks to be taken. So do one of those quarterbacks that get taken, push him down the board. It's too early to tell now, but I think like you said, Zim, I'm with you. I'm on the sauce train. I don't think it's going to be a civil war <laughs> over the sauce. I don't, I don't think – I think this offseason, I don't think it – it's always going to be a, you know, whatever, you know. Right. But I, I think this year – it will be like very definitively these are two or three prospects that we all like. And I don't think anybody's going to be angry like that because right. we'll get into that later, but you know, there, there's some positions I think we'll all agree on. And I don't think it's as like polarizing as quarterback 
versus, you know, like it's not that, you know, it's like, you know, do you take this maybe elite Micah Parsons light linebacker type prospect type guy? Do you take the edge that maybe feel that he shouldn't have gone? Do you take the corner or is, you know, and, and too, and it's too early for everybody saying, get a center. You can't get a center in the first round. Like, that's third round. That's, that's like you, you're doing a disservice to your franchise. So doing the Billy Price thing again. Yeah, you 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 you're repeating the same mistakes going on that witch hunt. I'm gonna tell y'all that. I'm gonna scream on everybody. We got a lot of people in here from Facebook, a lot of people on YouTube. I appreciate y'all rocking with us tonight. But I'm gonna scream on everybody. If y'all go on this wild witch hunt, like y'all did with linebacker two years ago, like you went with offensive line this past year. Where it's like, I need an offensive line so bad. I don't care what round. Like, I don't care who's on the board. I'm taking it. Like, no, we're not doing that. We're going to be rational with our thoughts. We're going to, me and Ace going to give you guys the information. We're going to do panels. We're going to talk about these different things. But do not go on some wild witch hunt on getting a corner or something that you just feel like has to happen in the first round of the NFL draft. We are not doing that. We are not the Browns. I'm sorry. There is no Tim Couch that you can get me to draft. Your man was talking. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he was like 30 years and I was like, bro, you Tim Couch for real. Like, don't talk exactly. to me. Exactly. Don't like... talk to me about no quarterbacks. You don't even know what a quarterback is. When we was, we wasn't even born, my brother. You right. was out there. You, 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 they tell you about a quarterback. This is what, the thing that's funny. What's the Browns quarterback? Did when have the Browns ever won the AFC North? When did the Browns ever had a quarterback, bro? They've never. Baker Mayfield is their no, best quarterback. No, uh, <laughs> but what's what's the uh, like the dude from the sixties or something? Um, you talking about like Bernie Kosar? Uh, no, that's the nope. that's eighties not that's eighties nineties or something like nah. Uh, no, bro, they got a dude that probably would be their Hall of Fame dude. This is like nineteen sixty eight or something. Somebody in the comments tell me about a Browns quarterback. That's the only quarterback mm-hmm. they've ever had in the ex- Otto Graham. There we go. That is the only quarterback they've had in existence of their franchise. And we are in 2021. And you want to talk to us about quarterbacks? You ain't never seen one. And we went like we can talk about the playoffs and all that, but at least we've been to a Super Bowl. That's all I can say twice. We over here smoking Raider pack over here. Them boys (laughs) over in Cleveland smoking COVID pack or something. Like, I don't know what's (laughs) up with them dudes over there. Tripping like getting it's ahead crazy because we always I feel like we always show love to the Browns. We never had issues with the Browns until this season. Like, this season. Remember, this remember season. last year, like I was just saying that they were a good team, and everybody was like, Ace is a closet Browns fan. Now I'm now they talking about I'm a Browns hater. I'm like, all right. Um, so one thing that I want to do, we got about a couple minutes oh, let me t- here. Let me talk a about a couple comments right. with some questions. Some people were complaining. I think a few weeks back they were like, "Why didn't? Why don't you guys answer questions in the comments?" Right. Matthew Rowe says, "What do you think about the Bengals? Uh, what do you think the Bengals are gonna? I guess he's saying what the rest of the season is gonna dictate what the record is gonna be for us. Like, how do you see this like kind of ending up? I think that they can win ten games. Right. Anything that they win more than that, I think, would be a surprise to me. Right. But." That's where I think we at. What about you, Zim? Man, they could get hot, bro. But like it, you know, I was talking, I I, I did a good interview with my guy, um, uh Garrett Frey. He has a really good show. I want I, I tweeted it on my Twitter earlier, guys. If y'all got it, please check out his show. Um, it's the jungle podcast. It's it's a really good show. We just had a conversation and I asked him this question. This is more important than me. 
I think the Bengals, like you said, can win 10 games. That means we got to go four and three the rest of the way, right? Super manageable right. at this point. But let me ask you this. Would you rather the Bengals come into the playoffs as like a higher seed or like they come in t- and then maybe they lose a couple games at the end, right? Mm-hmm. Like you lose to the Browns or somebody at the end. You come in as a higher seed or would you rather they just catch on fire last three games of the season and come in as a wild card six, five seed or something like that? I'm going to say this. I would rather them be a higher seed because to me that says home field advantage. It's only right if Joey Burrow gets a playoff victory, it has to be in the natty. It has to be in the natty. Like for us to experience that, it can't be anywhere else. It has to be in the natty. And we got to see the city turn up. Like we're not going to celebrate like it's a Super Bowl, bro. But that's going to be a moment that the Joey B era I mean, it's already stamped, but it's really going to be stamped then. And then that's going to start oh, hey, a possible run. I think it would be like a celebration, <laughs> like a Super Bowl. <laughs> because everybody's been waiting for it so long that I that's think That's the only looks, thing you can say about it. Think about how lit we was at that Jazz game, bro. Right. You yeah. mean to tell me that yeah. we're not going to go crazy? <laughs> we're going, like, we going, bro. If it happens, mark it down. If it happens, me and Zim, I don't care where we at. We're going to find a way to get to the natty for that playoff oh, yeah. game. If we make the playoffs. I apologize. Yeah. So many people be asking me. They be like, bro, you going to this game? You going to this game? Like, man, I have a lot of stuff going on in my town right now, and I would love to get to these games, man. But if y'all don't know, me and Ace both do lives every Sunday, so please check out those or whatever if you just want to get commentary um, and all types of stuff. All right, real quick. I don't, I know that this could end up being a long one, but somebody is asking, what's wrong with Carmen? Aaron Butler is asking, what's wrong with Carmen? What do you think is wrong with him? I was told that Carmen like um, has made some mental mistakes and they were reoccurring. And for what we're talking about and the fan base that absolutely would destroy anybody that, as we saw with Mike, Mike Jordan, right? You, one bad rep from Carmen, one miscommunication, you get Joey Burrow hit in a, in, a, in a very, you know, unfortunate way. Fans are going to pile up on them, and I don't think they want to put him in that type of position. Adenogy was a guy that they were really, really high on in the offseason. When he came back, they felt like he was super ready. They put him in there for a couple practices, and he looked really, really good. And, they, and I just think they said they couldn't afford the mental mistakes. Flash forward to Sunday, Adenogy in Spain and in the, in the interior of the line are one of the highest graded guards in the National Football League. So at this point, it's just a matter of you can't make mental mistakes. I think Carmen will be fine. I think Carmen is potentially your right tackle of the future. I think they need to start grooming them and start working them at right tackle if Adenogy is going to be going off like this. I think you got to get ready for the reef re- replacement Although Reef is still playing pretty good ball. What is he, 34 or something like that? So I think Carmen will be fine. But I just think it's just one of them things. Like, you cannot afford. I mean, think about when, when Joe gets hit now. Like, you right. cannot afford, like, a miscommunication. Right. And and this guy gets hit again and, you know, and God forbid something happens to his knee or whatever. So you just right. can't take that chance anymore. That was a chance that we were taking last year a bunch of times just – hoping guys will get it. We are no longer hoping guys get it, and we got the pieces in place so that we don't have to hope. Hella depth. Deontay Smith, to me, like, if he comes – is he still on I think so, bro. When he comes back, like, Man. that's going to be – remember him in the preseason? Like, Man. he was – Y'all playing. Like, listen, hit – like, it ain't too many edge rushes that's getting around the edge on him, I, I promise you, because the reach is just incredible. So, Facts. that's a, that's a guy I'm really waiting to see, too. 
So I know it's early. Uh, obviously, it's going to be Thanksgiving week. We're going to probably try to squeeze another one in. But looking ahead to, like, the Steelers game, just give me your thoughts in, like, a two-minute increment of your thoughts are just about the Steelers game looking ahead. Steelers game, I watched them for the last two weeks, have a, a very, very poor offense. This past week, Ben started to get it in the ever a little bit. But I'm going to tell you, he was aided by short fields. The one thing that I know about Ben in this offense, y'all want to talk about offensive line? I dare the Steelers to go to the length of the field. Y'all looking at me? If you listening to this pod right now, do you see my face? I dare them to go to the length of the field on the Cincinnati Bengals. I dare you. When it was time for him to do that, after he didn't have a punt, he didn't have a block punt. After he didn't have the tur- he didn't have a pass interference call on the goal line. After he didn't have an interception on his side of the field, he didn't get twenty one points handed to him on that side of the field. Much like how we did with the Browns game. If you make him go to the length of the field, you end up with what fourth and thirty two. When it was time for him to go to the length of the field, and that's right. the game to me. The only way you correct me is if T.J. Watt comes back and then he just starts wreaking havoc. But I feel like the Bengals were past that. We're past those right. days where you where you're just going to dominate me like that. Like you could you might get one up on me, T.J. You might get one up on me, Cam. Hey, where the But I'm not allowing you to dominate the football game in that way that you did two years ago or shoot last year when they when they tore Joe Burrow up. That was a right. that was one of the worst games. That game in the Eagles game, right? But that to me is a football game. And if they just play mistake foot free football, the Bengals, if you watch the Steelers versus the Lions, they were the most incompetent football team I had ever seen in the NFL. So to tell me two weeks from that, they're just magically just gonna come back to reality and they're they're gonna play so much better. They always want to tell us about everybody's hurt. Like Joe Hayden's right. hurt and whatever. On our side, we're not talking about nobody hurt. Yeah, we've been hurt for seasons. I hope all my guys get a speedy recovery, but we ain't coming on those shows talking about no injuries. And that's one thing about them. They're going to try to tell you about all their injuries. Like, we know, we get it. You're hurt. Okay, cool. Like, when we hurt, you don't care, so we're not listening. We don't care. And so, moving forward, it is is what it is. I don't care who they bring out there, whatever. We know the game plan. We know what they want to do. We saw them last time. Ben can't push the ball down the field. If you want to beat the Cincinnati Bengals, you better push the ball down the field because I'm going to just sit on the box and I'm going to just go ahead and stack up on Najee. So that nah, it is what it is. Right. If you want to beat us, you better go up Claypool, underthrow some more footballs and get you some defensive pass interference calls because that's your only hope. Nah, I'm with you. I think that this is a game that obviously we talked about it. One of the Achilles heels of the Steelers is they cannot score points. So if you get this to 30, you don't turn the ball over. I think that it's a game that you can convincingly win. And I think that it's not the game that it used to be, right? I think that one of the, the side effects of the Bengals having all of these players that have come in from other systems, they're not worried about the Steelers. Like before, I think it used to kind of be a mental hurdle. The last time that we played them, they walked off the field. They didn't even celebrate. It was just business. And I think that that's what they can do here in this situation. Go into this game uh, against an AFC North opponent that's super important, right? You go, you have a chance essentially to go possibly three and one in the division and you also get a AFC win. So it's almost like Joe had posted a few weeks ago uh, when we beat the, the Ravens or whatever. It's a dub and a half. It's a dub and a half. And I think that you got to go out and get this. I think it's perfect timing. Everything's aligning perfectly. TJ Watt or not, I don't even care. Minka or not, bring whoever you want. You're not going to be able to put this 30-piece up on us like we're going to do it to you. So that's what we with. Got a couple super chats, then we're about to get up out of here. Aquila the Great 
$5. Steelers offense is Najee Harris and in the Chargers game, he was teed up on. Take away Najee and force Ben to push down the push the ball down the field 20 plus yards. I agree. And then Rick Holly says, Will Chase win rookie of the year? I think it's a possibility. I really think, like we said when we interviewed um, Jimmy Chase Sr., that they are trying to build this whole this whole thing for Mac Jones. They've been biased in the past, but I think if Uno can come out and have some explosive plays, touchdowns, yardage, like his dad said, and we make the playoffs, it's going to be hard. But if the Patriots make the playoffs, it's going to be tough too. So we'll see what it is. Obviously, you already know we on Team Uno. Uh, but before we get out of here, please be sure to stop by for the holidays, Midwest Best Barbecue. Make sure that you get some of that food there. They got some great wings there, some great sauce. I know you guys like Sauce Gardner. You probably oh. going to love the sauce that they had at Midwest Best Barbecue. So check them out, 669 Justice Court in Loveland, Ohio. Definitely tell them that Ace and Zim sent you. Zim, is there anything you wanted to say before we get out? I want to make sure that everybody continues to support us. Make sure you check out all the other shows on our channel, Sissy Jungle. Just Google it. You got the OBI. You got Matt um, with his Chalk Talk. Like, Make sure you support us. And, and, and more, more importantly, stay safe. Have a great holiday. Have a good gobble gobble. We're going to eat that, that turkey, and then we're going to take care of them turkeys on Sunday. I promise you, I got you. They, they're not they're not who they thought they were. They're not who they saying they are. They're going to give you a million excuses. Tell anybody that's talking any of that trash to you or whatever, we're tired of your excuses and we're tired of your injuries. Put on your chin strap. Here come the bangles. Who that? Who that? Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sport.